I'm your host, Jim Maceno. This is your weekly college basketball show right here on WVOX 1460 AM in New Rochelle, New York. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for being part of our show. Well, folks, we made it. We are there. It is the national championship game. It starts at 920 tonight from Houston, Texas. The game, of course, is UConn, the University of Connecticut Huskies versus the San Diego State Aztecs, and they're going to play tonight for the national championship. They're two, of course, very hot teams. You don't make the finals of the NCAA tournament without being very hot, but UConn has won 11 of their last 12 games, which is kind of unbelievable. UConn's only lost two games since January. Uh, In early February, February 11th, they lost to Creighton, And on March 10th, they lost in the Big East Tournament uh, to Marquette. Other than that, they haven't lost since January. That's how hot UConn is. Let's talk about how hot San Diego State is. San Diego State is 32-6. They won 15 of their last 16 games. And have only lost three games since December. Is that unbelievable? Only three games since December. Most recently, on February 28th, they lost to Boise State. Who's a good team? They lost on 131 to Nevada and 114 to New Mexico. So those are their three rivals, the other three best teams in the Mountain West Conference. But San Diego State has only lost three games since December. So these are, of course, two very, very hot teams. You've watched them in the tournament. They both won five games in the NCAA tournament. They're both terrific basketball teams. Different, but both great. Now, UConn has blown everybody out in the tournament, right? We know that, that UConn has basically gone through and basically just blew out everybody in the tournament. On the other hand, San Diego State's had a lot closer games, a lot tougher games, but that's kind of their style. You know, they're a team, San Diego State, that slugs it out with the other team. They're very physical. They play tremendous defense. And at the end of the day, they beat you with their physicality and their excellent defensive play. Uh, They know exactly what they're doing on defense, and they kind of exert their will on the other team. And usually in the end of the game, in the last five to ten minutes, you see the difference with the team playing San Diego State. They're kind of worn out. I thought that happened to Florida Atlantic, who San Diego State beat uh, in the Final Four. I thought they wore them out. I thought... Florida Atlantic was just tired by the end. So anyway, it's going to be a great game, I think. Some people think it's going to be a blowout for UConn because UConn blew everybody out. But I'm not seeing that. I think uh, UConn will probably win, but I think it's going to be a close game. All right, so let me go over the show a little bit tonight. 
Uh, we have a lot of our regulars calling in to discuss this game tonight. That's all we're talking tonight is the NCAA tournament game. Uh, in about five minutes, our friend Tom Freyer, the head coach of the Catholic High School basketball power, Mount St. Michael, is going to be calling in. Certainly, this is a guy that knows his basketball, Tommy Freyer. He's also my high school classmate, class of 1981, Iona Prep. Tommy uh, always comes on the show with some really insightful stuff. He sees the game differently as a coach than maybe we fans do. At 8.30, I have Gus Kearns calling. He's from Screen the Screener podcast, uh, an excellent podcast. We've had Gus on before, and he's a very knowledgeable college basketball fan. He also knows about the betting and the angles and things like that that other people don't know. So he'll be interesting to talk to at 8.30. And then from 8.40 to 9, we'll have a 20-minute three-way chat with myself, Kenny from Rye, and Patrick Madden. That should be uh, three guys like they're sitting in a bar uh, talking about the NCAA tournament championship game. So I think it's going to be a very relaxed but interesting and informative show for, the, for all of you who at 9.20 tonight will be watching the national championship game. I, for one, am really excited to watch the game. I will tell you that doing the show and the associated Twitter page that goes with College Hoops Chat is a lot of work. And I'm looking forward to a little break starting tomorrow. You know, there's that funny line that John Rothstein, one of the very best college basketball analysts, used to have a show here at WVUX, as a matter of fact. But John Rothstein uh, likes to say we sleep in May. Well, I'm going to sleep in April, and I'm going to sleep this week. So I'm looking forward to a little break, but I love college basketball. It's been such a great season. I had so much, so much fun watching the NCAA tournament. It was just a blast. A lot of fun upsets. Uh, I'll never forget that FDU run, Fairleigh Dickinson, and how ironic that that coach that led the maybe the biggest, biggest one of the biggest Cinderella runs in the tournament, FDU, uh, turns out to be the next Iona coach. We're going to have him on the show in the coming weeks. Uh, we're going to talk about Iona's kind of rebuild that they're going to be doing under Tobin Anderson. Lots to talk about in weeks to come, but not tonight. It's been a great fun tournament. How about Florida Atlantic? My nephew goes there down in Boca Raton, Florida. What a terrific season for them. Uh, they really played great. They really uh, exceeded uh, everyone's expectations, made it to the Final Four. We had two mid-major teams in the Final Four. Really exciting for the sport, I think. Shows the parity that's happening across the sport. And uh, Florida Atlantic is a team that's very well coached. They play like a team. Uh, so you can't really clamp down on one person because there's a lot of offensive players in that team. They play good. D, they play smart basketball. It was a great team, and I really enjoyed Florida Atlantic. On the other hand, Miami lost in the Final Four, and also a very strong team. Now, I've seen Miami in, in the ACC as a North Carolina fan, and one thing about Miami that I saw all year every time I watched them is they have four guys that are going to be professional basketball players. Now, I don't know if they'll be in the NBA, but they'll be in Europe, but they'll be somewhere. But when you have four professional basketball players on your team, you're in pretty good shape. So Miami had a great season, a great run. They won four games in the NCAA tournament. They fell a little short to UConn, kind of hung in there, but then UConn eventually broke away, and that was the end of that game. Uh, UConn has been dominant in the tournament, and uh, Miami did give them a game, but eventually UConn pulled away. It's been uh, an incredible performance by the UConn Huskies. I've been impressed with that team all year. I think I even thought in my mind that they could be a Final Four team. I thought they could make the Final Four. I would have predicted it. I didn't put them in my bracket in the Final Four. But they certainly were a team that was very, very impressive. And they were a kind of team that when they got on a run in games, 
that could put you away on that run. You know, they're very explosive, UConn. I think we saw that in the tournament, just how explosive they are. This is a team that you don't want to play when they're hot. I've seen them several games this year, UConn, in a close game, get on like a 10, 15 point run, blow out the other team, and that's the end of the game. The other team's not coming back. One of the interesting things about UConn is that they play really good defense. You know, we're all talking about the defense of San Diego State, right? Their fourth best defense in the nation, according to Ken Palm. But don't forget, UConn is eighth best defense on Ken Palm. So that's one of the differences in this game is that UConn is the third best offense in the nation and the eighth best defense in the nation. They are the best team in America under Ken Palm. Uh, whereas San Diego State doesn't have the strong offense like UConn, but they have a little bit of better defense. All right, so I believe we have our guest. Let's go to the phone line. Is Coach Tom Freyer there? What do you say, Mace? How are you? Hello, Tom Freyer, my high school classmate. How are you doing today? Doing great. Six months later, here we are. Six months later, I know. It's, uh, you know, we were talking uh, earlier in the season, and uh, it's so intense, the season. You know, doing the radio show, Tom, and um, uh, covering the college basketball on Twitter is a lot of work. So I'm looking forward to having some sleep this week, Tommy Freire. But first, we've got to watch this terrific basketball game we're about to see uh, tonight. So let me, here's my first question for you. Ready? Dude. Do you think that having to play only two days later, you know, the quick turnaround impacts either the teams or it doesn't bother these teams at this point? Doesn't bother them. Doesn't bother them at all. Yesterday, they kind of probably stayed off their feet, got some shots up. You know, the, the adrenaline is going. I mean, you know, you'll, you'll, you can't get it going tonight. You can't get it going. These guys will be ready. They're rested. I don't think either team has an advantage. They've both been on, you know, similar, similar runs as far as scheduling goes. So, you know, I think they're ready to go. I don't know if you heard at the beginning of the show, but it's amazing how hot these two teams are. You know, I took a look. UConn's won 11 of the last 12. San Diego State's won 15 of the last 16. Get this, Tom. Uh, UConn uh, has only lost two games since January. And San Diego State's only lost three games since December. I mean, we really got uh, a national championship game of not only two very strong teams, but two very hot teams. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. I mean, both teams are hot. You know, they played well. Um, you know, listening to Danny Hurley, he makes a good point about that little flip-up that they had for, I don't know, two weeks in, in, in January. Um, kind of got them refocused again. And ever since then, you know, they've been on a major run, with the exception of losing, you know, in the Big East tournament in the semis. They played unbelievable. And if you look at the games they played in the tournament with, with the, the, uh, the scoring differential, I mean, they're winning every game by 20. Um, tonight they're facing a real good defensive team. I think the matchups are pretty good defensively for San Diego State. I just think... The two best players in tonight's game, you know, Hawkins and, and Sonogo. When you have the two best players, you know, I think you're tough to beat. So I look for you kind of to kind of win this one. Yeah. So, so my take is that I I do believe UConn is the better team, and I I expect them to win because what happens with UConn, I've seen it so many times this season, is that they're in a game, it's kind of close, and then they go on this uh, killer run. UConn, when they get on a roll. They can outscore the other team 14-2. to two. They grab a 10-15 point league and they don't look back. Um, the thing about that, though, is San Diego State's a tough team to get a run on, Tom, because their defense is so darn good. 
Yeah, they are. You know, but also, you know, you look at a 14-2 run by UConn. Okay, offensively they're getting it done, but they're also doing it on the defensive end. Um, you know, San Diego State, they're good defensively. As I said, the matchups look to be pretty good. I just think offensively, UConn has a little bit more to offer. You know, you look at, um, as I said, with Hawkins, and even Jackson's a good player. You know, he, he doesn't score too much, but he does so much, you know, off of the ball. And, um, you know, as I said, Sonogo, I really think has been the difference. I mean, talk, starting with Iona and, you know, the other games to follow, Sonogo has been, he's been unbelievable. You know, both ends, rebounding, he's been putting up double-doubles. You know, he scores and he rebounds. He's a shot blocker. I just don't think San Diego has seen anything like they're gonna anything like they've seen tonight. Even though they won and take nothing away from them, but I think uh, I think UConn is just they're on a mission, and uh, I think a Big East schedule is a little bit different than a Mountain West Conference schedule, and that may play into tonight. I agree. I mean, that's certainly uh, a very fair point, but I also think that you know one thing about the Mountain West Conference. If you look at the lineups of those top teams like New Mexico and Boise State. Uh, and of course, San Diego State uh, and New Mexico, they do have length. You know, sometimes I think we think that these mid-majors, uh, they're all short guys, but that's not true. That conference does have length, um, not so dif- different than the Big East. So I do think that San Diego State has seen teams with the length and size of UConn, but not the athleticism and the explosiveness. Uh, that's the difference. Yeah, but you know what? But to get to this, to get to this game tonight and get this far... They've done everything. All they can do is play what's in front of them, and obviously they're taking care of business. So, you know, they're going to they're gonna show up tonight, and uh, if they can stay in the game offensively, keep this, you know, four to six points, eight points within five minutes where they're in striking distance, they just can't they can't let the game get away. I mean, you look at the other night, uh, UConn comes out, goes up 9 nothing with Sonogo hitting two threes. They basically said, shoot it, and he said, well, I'm going to make it. And he made two. You know, and actually I saw uh, Jim Laranaga with a little post-conference, and he said, hey, we just couldn't recover from that little hole, you know, we got ourselves into. I think that's something that San Diego State really has to avoid tonight. You know, they can't get down early. they got to be in striking distance, hang around, hang around, and they're probably being told, let's hang around, hang around, steal it. I agree. Let's be in the game in the last three or four minutes and go steal it. Listen, I felt the same way, frankly, in the very first game of the tournament for UConn with Iona. I thought if Iona could hang in there with UConn, they could give them a game. And they did that in the first half. But then, like we talked about, Tom, uh, UConn exploded in the second half. And that was the end of our Iona Gales. Uh, so I, I still feel that's you, you have to stop the, ex, the explosive runs by UConn. I think San Diego State could do it. But you make a good point, too, that they still got to keep up offensively with UConn. Because when you look at Ken Palm, uh, UConn is the eighth best defensive team and the third-best offensive team. They're loaded both sides of the ball, whereas San Diego State's the third-best defensive team, but the 68th-best offensive team. So everything you're saying is backed up by the analytics. So the key here, folks, I think Tom and I agree, uh, if San Diego State can keep the game close, stop UConn from getting into one of their potent runs, uh, they can win, but they cannot let UConn get on a roll. Okay, Tom, have you ever met Danny Hurley? Um, I've met him once or twice. Yes, he's been actually he's been in our gym for some. Um, we've had some exposure games down there, and he's come down to recruit. He's really done a terrific job with this team this year. It's a really a, an incredibly impressive coaching job, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, they're a high energy team, and he's a high energy coach. 
You know, he's got these guys really playing. He's got them believing, obviously. And let's be honest, they're super talented. You know, they have size. They can shoot it. They push it. They really get after you. They can score in the half court. They can score in transition. You know, they got the full package. So, you know, they're tough to beat. But like I said, San Diego State, you know, I think the motto tonight is hang around, hang around, hang around, and just go steal it in the last two or three minutes. And we'll see what happens. Tom, last week on the show, I talked about something about San Diego State that I don't think a lot of people appreciate. But do you, uh, do you know that over the last four years, San Diego State's won 83% of their games. They're 107 and 22. So I think some people watching the tournament might think San Diego State came out of nowhere. They didn't. As a matter of fact, in the COVID year where we didn't have the tournament, they were 30 and 2. I mean, that was probably a team also by San Diego State that could have made a run to the Final Four. So the level of basketball at San Diego State has not just one great year this year. They've been great for four years. Um, frankly, they've been very good for six years under this coach Dutcher they have now. He's won 77% of his games over the last six years. So San Diego State, they may be a mid-major, but as far as I'm concerned, they're now a college basketball power when you look at a team that's won 83% of their games over the last four years. Oh, no doubt. If you go back over the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years when Steve Fisher took over, he had them right, right there every year. Um, I think he got out around 2017-18, as you said, COVID kicked in. But um, I was reading a stat today somewhere where they are 10-1 and one in tight games. 10-1 and one in tight games. So they played some tight games, and they've come out 10 out of 11 times you know, on, on, the, on the victory side. So you know, that's a big thing when games get tight. I got the stat. Responding Would you believe it's right, in, Tom, it's right in front of me. I, I printed something out from Sports Illustrated. And it says, San Diego State's record in games decided by five points or fewer or in overtime this season is 10-1. and one. Yeah, 10 out of 11 wins in tight games. So they've been there before. You know, it, 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 it's not going to, you know, the big stage in a tight game is not going to have these guys, you know, on their heels. They've been there. And then it goes back to what I said before, be in it, be in it, and just try to steal it. I don't think they're blowing UConn out. But if you're in the game the last two or three minutes, Anything can happen. I do. So one of the other things about the two teams that I find interesting is one a little advantage of San Diego State is they're older. They're one of the oldest teams in the country. And when you look at the guys, they all look like running backs. That's what I like to tell people, Tom, is that they're all, you can tell San Diego State hits the gym. They are really good shape. They have, they are developed, strong guys and they're older. They're like 22 and 23 years old. They're like men. And um, the interesting thing, though, is UConn also is a, a very, like you said, uh, a very athletic, explosive team. Um, but they do have the edge uh, and experience, San Diego State, and I do think that matters tonight. Yeah, it does. And the one thing we haven't really touched on is the bench. I think UConn's got a terrific, deep bench. You know, the kid that comes in for Sonogo, the seven foot two kid, I think his name's Klingon. Um, he, he he does a lot of good things. He rebounds, he finishes around the rim, he's, he's a rim protector, he blocks shots, he's not afraid, and he's a freshman. He's okay? awesome. And, and then, you know, they got a couple of shooters that come off with, I think, uh, Aleem and uh, Calcaterra, you know, can make shots. So you kind of deep. They go eight, nine deep, you know, which is a, a big thing, especially if they get some kind of foul trouble. But uh, I'm real impressed with, with Donovan Klingon. I think he's a terrific backup to Sonogo. And um, I think this kid is just... Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's very young, and he's only going to get better and better and better. And these games will really 
you know, shape him in years to come. And I think that having Klingon allows Sonogo to sit down a little bit, catch his breath, and not get in foul trouble, which makes Sonogo more effective. So the combination no of the Curley two. does a great job at spelling minutes for Sonogo. If he's not in foul trouble, you know, you'll see Sonogo go to first 11, 12 minutes tonight. Then he'll get a blow as long as he's not in foul trouble. And, you know, he, he's a great player, but, you know, Klingon coming in, he's, uh, <laughs> he's really good. So let me hit you with a stat that shocked me about a half an hour ago when I found it. Ready, Tom? Because I was surprised by this. I didn't think this would have been the stat. I looked it up. Bench minutes. Uh, UConn is ranked 224th in the nation in bench minutes. I would have thought that they, because they always seem like they got eight, nine guys in the game, but they're ranked 224 in bench minutes. Would you believe San Diego State is 32nd in bench minutes? As a matter of fact, San Diego State uses their bench more than UConn does. I didn't realize that. Yeah, you know what? You got to look at you got to look at schedules. You got to look at conferences. You know, I think that has something to do with it. Um, you know, I'm not real familiar with with the Mountain West. Um, you know, but the Big East. You know, because we live where we live, and if you watch a lot of basketball, you know, the Big East is always in front of you. And um, you know, you got to you got to be deep. I think, but basically, when it comes down to it, the best players are out there the last four or five minutes in Big East play. And, um, you know, obviously they were tested all year. I think the Big East was very competitive this year. I mean, you look at some of the runs into Creighton, you know, they got pretty deep. And um, so, you know, the Big East is right there. But bench minutes, I don't know. You'd have to look at each game. You'd have to look at the scoring in each game. I don't know if that tells the whole story. So here's one more stat before we finish, Tom. And that went the other way. I didn't realize the discrepancy was that big. But when you look at average height, UConn is number 28. That makes sense. I could see UConn being the 28th biggest team in the country. But I would have thought San Jose State did better there. They were 241st in average height. So uh, when you look at the length, UConn's uh, got a serious edge tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right, Tommy Freyer, you did a great job. Go Mount St. Michael. Keep up the great work. And we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, Mason. Enjoy the game. Thank you so much, Tommy Freyer, head coach. Mount St. Michael. All right, we're going to our commercial break, and we'll be right back. We love that basketball. Okay, folks, we are back on College Hoops Chat on WVOX 1460 AM, my favorite radio station. We're doing our NCAA tournament preview show. Great job by Mount St. Michael Academy's head coach, Tom Freyer. And now we have our friend Gus Kearns on the line, who's called a couple times this season. We appreciate his expertise here. Gus, how you doing today? Oh, great, Jim. Thank you so much for having me on WVOX. Happy to talk college hoops with your audience. Great. Now, um, you have a, a podcast. Why don't you give your background again, everybody knows who they, you are. Oh, sure. We're one of the independent, first independent uh, college basketball podcasts out there, uh, as opposed to your ESPN or your CBS. Uh, you can find us at SDS Podcast, Screen the Screener Podcast, uh, across all social media. And uh, my my co-host has moved over to FTN. So if you're looking for some more stuff, please go follow FTN and look for Mike Randall. Let me ask you a question. You know more. I mean, I don't know anything about point spreads and how you look at analytics to decide how a game's going to come out. I think that's something you know about. I think this point spread 7.5 tonight. Is that true? 
Uh, yeah, it's bounced around, Jim, from uh, it opened at 6, went to 7.5, and I think it's currently sitting at 7, but that might be, you know, I haven't checked in the last hour, so maybe that might be a, a number that's, uh, you know, a variable. But, yeah, that sounds about right. So, you know, I don't know the betting world, but someone like you who actually knows how it works, what are the things you look at regarding the point spread in kind of analyzing a, a, a big college basketball game like this? Well, I think the first place that everybody would go would, is they check the spread versus the Ken Palm rankings. And if you check that against the Ken Palm rankings, currently uh, the spread looks like it should be at like more eight and a half. So I think people might find value in the number that we just mentioned. Uh, and then you can look at some other analytics, such as, uh, you know, Evan Mia. You can look at BartTorvik.com. You can look at Sagarin. But I think one of the most important parts to pay attention to, if you're, if you're trying to find a, an angle on one of these college basketball games wager-wise, is to look at the shot quality. What kind of shots are these teams taking? And if we look closer into that metric, specifically the shot quality metric, UConn is fourth in the nation and has been in the top ten all season. And not only are they, and when we talk the shot quality metric, that means are they getting good shots at the rim? Are they getting three-pointers? It's kind of like the new basketball uh, that we see in the NBA. So they kind of rate what kind of shots the college teams are getting. And San Diego State isn't terrible. They're at 36th in the nation. But I think the percentages to those shots really speak to where UConn might have a really, really large advantage. UConn is, is shooting those shots and getting those shots at an 82%. And whereas San Diego State is getting those shots and making those shots all the way down at 68%. And just to put that in perspective, that's 350th in the nation. So interesting. That is, I'm so glad you just explained that to us. I find that really interesting. I'm, now I'm going to start looking at that myself when I'm analyzing games. All right. What, do you, what, you, what are you thinking about this game? What's going to happen tonight? Listen, they're, they're, it's a beautiful story, right, Jim, where we have the plucky underdog, which is San Diego State. And we have, you know, if you want to call them one of the Blue Bloods in UConn, a, t a program that has multiple national champions, no, multiple national championships, it's exactly what you're looking for at, at the end result of our sport and of our season. But I'm going to, the one thing that I think is worth looking at, if we go back and, you know, we were talking metrics just a, just a second ago, Jim, if we go back and look at the beginning of the season and we reflect back upon those Ken Palm ratings, which everybody usually refers to, at the beginning of the season, San Diego State was actually ranked 19th and UConn was ranked 27th. So that, that has kind of uh, flipped and now UConn is playing as the best team in the country and has the number one ranking via Ken Palm. So I think, you know, we shouldn't be so surprised that San Diego State is here because they have been a top 20 team via the metrics kind of all season. I agree. 32-6, and six, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, I don't know if you caught it, uh, but they've only, um, where's my stat? Here it is. San Diego State's only lost three games since December, which I think is incredible. Yeah, and if we take a look at where UConn took its losses, Jim, that was during a time where, if you remember, the coach, Dan Hurley, uh, unfortunately had COVID, had to sit out a couple games, then had to transition back, like coaching with the mask. So th those type, those games where they had that, like losing six out of eight during the season, did have a reason and did have like you know reasons why it happened. Um, but I think if we look recently at this UConn team, man, 
they, they are just balling out in a big way. They certainly are. They're explosive. So I just spoke to Tom Frey. He's the head coach of Mount St. Michael Academy in the Bronx. We both agreed. Yeah. I'll bounce it off you. The only San Diego State has to, I think, do one thing to have a chance at this game, and they can't let UConn go on these 14-2 to two runs, which they do all the time, just how they separate themselves from the team they're playing. Sometimes like they in the first round against our beloved Iona here in the Rochelle. Right. It was a close game. Second half comes out, and uh, UConn gets on a run. But I do think San Diego State has the defense and the older, experienced guys to stop UConn from going on runs. Well, you bring up two good points there, Jim. Number one, you brought up the age, and I, I think we saw the, the reference point where San Diego State's starting lineup is as old as four or five NBA starting lineups. So they have that maturity. Like, they're playing man's basketball. And I think the other point that you bring up is the runs. And the reason that UConn goes on these runs is because they are one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the nation. They will absolutely destroy San Diego State on the offensive boards tonight, which really nullifies San Diego State's, like, you know, you know stamp on their game. They're really going to try to, like, slow it down, defend you, uh, really get into you and be physical. But with all those offensive rebounds that UConn is going to garner, I think that kind of nullifies what their strength is. And then along with those offensive rebounds, Jim, you know that they're going to kick out for some threes a couple of times, even though San Diego State is excellent at defending the three. Uh, third in the nation, they only give up 28% of made threes. I think where UConn will find success with the three-point shot is on those offensive rebounds and the kickout. No question. You see it all. I mean, you can't watch UConn this season and not see exactly happen what you just said. Exactly. Deadly on offensive rebounds. Although, ironically, right, San Diego State beat Florida Atlantic because they pulled out a bunch of offensive rebounds in the final two or three minutes. True, and I think that describes the difference between Florida Atlantic and UConn. Florida Atlantic, it reminds me of that, uh, you know, one of the first one of the first Villanova teams that Jay Wright had. Remember with Nardi, and they played with those four guards, and they made that final four run. It reminds me exactly of that team. So the thing that is going to really play dividends here is there's not a six foot two guy trying to go in and get that defensive rebound. It's a six six Andre Jackson. It's a six five Jordan Hawkins. It's you know it's the backup center that's seven two. Like so that I think is where we won't see as much of that as we did against Florida Atlantic. All right, Gus, we have our next call. So I have one more question for you, uh, and that is who's going to cover the spread tonight? I think UConn's going to cover the spread tonight, and I wouldn't be surprised if Andre Jackson threatens to get a triple-double tonight. He's tickled it all season and in the tournament against Arkansas, Gonzaga, against Uriona and St. Mary's. He would join like Don Moran, Dwayne Wade, Shaq, Caitlin Clark, Draymond Green. I think that's where we might see UConn pull away. Gus, you just crushed this. You did so great in your analysis. Thank you for calling, and thanks for being part of our show. Absolutely, Jim. Anytime. Love talking college hoops. Everybody, enjoy the game out there tonight. Cheers. Thanks, Gus. Thanks so much. All right, folks. On the line, we have two of our regular callers together. We're going to have a three-way conversation for the rest of the show. You know Patrick Madden from the Big B East blog and Kenny from Ryan, our number one caller. Guys, are you there? James, how are we doing? Patrick? Yes, Jim. I'm here. All right. Everybody's there. Are uh, you guys? Uh, let, so I'll ask a question. We'll go Kenny Patrick for the for this entire twenty minutes, so you guys don't interrupt each other. 
Uh, are you guys excited about the game? I think it's going to be a good one. And I think uh, Coach Freyer mentioned it best. I think this situation is one where it, it remains interesting if, if SDSU can hang around, and that's the key, hang around. So if they hang around and they're in the game or reasonably with four minutes to go, then I think it's interesting. Patrick? Uh, you know, we'll see what Connecticut team shows up. Uh, are they you know, are they going to play the way they've played the rest of this tournament, or are they going to be tense and you know, maybe not playing as loose as they have some of those other games uh, where they've just blown everybody they've played away? Listen, I watched a game that I can't get out of my head. It was Sunday, January 15th. I turned on the game to watch UConn crush St. John's. Uh, it was a road game for St. John's, and UConn got crushed 85-74. So I've seen UConn on their bad days, but we haven't seen a day like that from UConn in a long time. Kenny, what do you think about that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they had that kind of midseason lull and could chalk it up to a number of things. And I saw the Providence game when Providence, again, kind of hung around on a team that they were physically not matching up well, particularly underneath. And they kind of hung around, hung around, and then UConn got a little tight. And I think that's what we saw a little bit in the middle of the year. But once they got running again, and, you know, I'll give some credit here to Rossi. He's mentioned a couple of times that some of the changes that UConn has made from a standpoint of Caravan itself moving into the power forward, uh, you know, takes away some of the doubles. Those slight movements or slight coaching changes have been key to kind of this team itself and also allowing uh, them to free up on some of the people that usually get doubled. I agree. And Patrick, your Seton Hall Pirates beat them on January 19th. Yes, yes, they did. And, you know, it was probably the worst half of basketball Connecticut has played all season. They blew a 14-point lead, you know, at Seton Hall, uh, and they did a bunch of the stuff that, you know, some of the other callers have talked about, which is they've gotten on the offensive board against Connecticut, and they played great defense that second half. All right. Patrick Madden, Kenny from Rye. I'm your host, Jim Masano. And when we come back, we'll keep talking about the national championship game tonight. Hold on, folks. We'll be right back. Okay, folks, we're back on Kyle Troops Chat. I'm your host, Jim Maysano. We have two of our top guests on the line, Kenny from Rye, our top caller, and we have Patrick Madden from the Big Big East blog. We're having a great chat about tonight's game between uh, San Diego State who was 32-6 against UConn, who's 30-8. I point out that UConn has won 11 of their last 12. San Diego State has won 15 of their last 16. We got two incredibly hot teams here tonight. I think it's going to be a great game. I don't think UConn's going to get a blowout this time. I think the game can go either way. UConn probably wins. Uh, let's talk to our guest, Kenny from Rye. Who you think is going to win this game? You know, I've looked at this a couple of ways. And, you know, as we mentioned all throughout the year, these are college kids. So they have, uh, you know, ups and downs. And uh, it's not a seven-game series. This is a one-game series. Um, I like the fact that you mentioned a couple times SDSU has a lot of mature players. I think that's going to be their benefit as well. I'm also going to look for the officials here, whether they'll let them play. Uh, If that's the case, that helps SDSU as well. Um, and then again, if you know, we can get some three-point shooting from SDSU with Paris and Seiko. If they start making threes, it could change the game. But ultimately, it comes down to really SDSU hanging around and, and, and preventing that 
as you as you mentioned a couple of times, right that second quarter run where all of a sudden they go on a 15-0 run. Next minute they look and the other team's down by 20 plus points, which is basically impossible to, to make up in college basketball. All right, so every guest so far has made that point that the only possible way San Diego State uh, has a shot here tonight is they've got to stop the UConn. Uh, runs, which we saw particularly in the last month or so of the season where UConn, in almost every game they played, they got on these big runs where they outscored the other team like 15-2. to two. Um, It happened against Iona. We all watched that game closely. Patrick, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that I think the problem that San Diego State has is that you look at the way Connecticut plays on the fast break. The reason they blow people out is they play a lot of offense off their defense. Jackson, who you've mentioned a lot of times tonight, you know, has very quick hands. He's one of the most explosive players in the game when he goes out running on the fast break. Uh, then you get to a guy like Jordan Hawkins, who, you know, finds open three pointers and then usually go down when he's open on a fast break. And even the big men, Sonogo and Klingon, they get down the court quickly uh, when Connecticut's in transition. So that's something which uh, San Diego State is better than a lot of teams are at, but then the question is, does UConn's overwhelming talent in that area overcome uh, San Diego State's ability to play good transition defense? I agree. So, Patrick, uh, as the head of the Big Big East blog, are you predicting another Big East National Championship tonight? Uh, I did this morning when I posted my article on it. I have Connecticut winning the last game by uh, double figures. Uh, Somebody who I follow on Twitter who's a fellow Seton Hall fan has this joke that uh, Danny Hurley has not won a close game this season. So, you know, you've got to sort of look to yourself and say, what does Connecticut do in a close game uh, that they don't get in very often? I think uh, your first caller tonight mentioned San Diego State's excellent record in these close games. Uh, but then again, San Diego State has to keep it close, which is, a, which is something easier said than done. I think I had Connecticut winning this by either 13 or 14 points. Uh, so I'm not going to change what I wrote this morning for sure. So let me um, read from the article in Sports Illustrated that had that stat. 10-1 and one is the record. San Diego State's record in games decided by five points or fewer or in overtime this season is 10-1. and one. And the author goes on to say the Aztecs have their warts. But their ability to win close games has been a strength all season, has been on display during this run in the tournament with consecutive one-point wins to advance to the title game. I do think that's a factor. First of all, I do think San Diego State's defense can slow down the UConn runs, and I do think San Diego State can stay in this game. Kenny from Rye, what do you think? Yeah, I like the idea, You know, as you say, 10-1 and one in tight games, and that goes back to the point as you were mentioning. This is a mature older team, 22-23, a lot of post-grads, and I think from a standpoint, they don't get rattled down at the end, and so that's going to make the huge difference uh, when it comes down to it. I also like to like the fact that, you know, SDSU's, you know, got big, big, strong guards. UConn has had some problems with turnovers. I looked up this year, there are 236 in the country in turnovers. So that, that could play into a factor, particularly as people start getting tired. Again, I hate to repeat myself, but again, with four minutes to go, if they're hanging around, UConn start, might start to doubt itself. I agree. So here's another interesting stat. Let me read it out to you guys and then you can comment. So the number is 19. And that is uh, Jordan Hawkins has hit 19 threes in the NCAA tournament. Ironically, San Diego State's only given up 25 threes in the tournament. As a matter of fact, San Diego State has held their opponents in the tournament to 22% on three-pointers. 
there's an interesting dynamic there where Connecticut's very good at shooting threes, particularly John Hawkins, Hawkins is terrific three-point shooter, but that's one of the strengths of San Diego. They stopped the other team from hitting threes. How much of a factor do you think that is, Kenny? I think it's a huge factor, and as you mentioned, you were talking about this. Some of their players look like football players, and that does matter. You start to push them out a little bit farther, a little bit farther, you get your man up on them. They can play a little deeper at the guard and get a little bit more physical, and again, if they let them play, that's going to help a lot. You take away the threes, and we know this in college basketball. If you take away the threes and you start shooting in the teens, you've got big problems. Patrick? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the issue is how good a looks can Jordan Hawkins get? And he gets them not only in the transition, but he also, Connecticut has, is very good at finding open shots for him in, the, in their half-court sets. We won't mention the other three-point shooters like Caravan and Calcaterra and Newton, who are also uh, more than capable of hitting three-pointers. But the key here is it's sort of, you, you can, I don't want to make a comparison to a football player, but if you remember Dan Marino on the Miami Dolphins about having one of the quickest deliveries uh, that they've ever seen from an NFL quarterback, I think that translates to what Hawkins does on the basketball court is that Hawkins doesn't need that much space or that much time to get up his shot. And, you know, what we, he, he, so when he gets hot, he's as deadly as anybody you're going to see in the game, which is why uh, he's being looked at as a first-round draft pick in the NBA draft coming up in June. I agree. As a matter of fact, and it's funny to say it this way, but the two players in America that have uh, the quickest three-point shot I've seen all year uh, were Jordan Hawkins and Caitlin Clark. Isn't that true, guys? Yeah, I agree. I mean, as you mentioned, it's a good point. I mean, from a perspective of if you get in the right position on the court and you get the ball off quickly, that makes a huge difference. Again, going back to it, though, this, this is a little bit of a different defense on the guards. We've moved into an era where guards have gotten bigger and bigger, and I can talk to this firsthand from Providence where we had too many small guards. When you have big guards, six foot four, six foot five, six foot six, it makes a huge difference, and and that will be very interesting to see that whether quick release or not, uh, if they can push him out, and Hawkins may change Hawkins' game a little bit. All right, another stat I want to throw at you guys to talk about, and that is a guy named Adama Sanogo. You know, first time I ever saw him play. When he was a freshman, this is his third year, so it's like three years ago. First year we had this radio show, and I saw him play for Connecticut, and I didn't know about him. For some reason, I didn't see him as a big recruit when they were writing about that in the preseason. And I watched the game like in January of UConn, and I said, wow, that guy's good. That is a dominant guy. First of all, he's big, he's strong, he's quick, but he's a real dominant player. But the interesting thing is freshman year... He was only playing like 15, 20 minutes a game because he kept getting in foul trouble. But this is a guy, Sonogo, that just kept getting better each year he played college basketball. This year he was a dominant player. He had a field goal percentage of 61%. But here's the stat, folks. In the tournament, Sonogo's hit 68% of his shots. He's probably the best player on the floor. Uh, Patrick, you go first this time. Uh, you're the big, big East blog. Tell us about Sonogo. Well, I mean, I remember when he got recruited it's a very interesting story just quickly uh he was targeted for seton hall and then Dan danny hurley had him graduate or reclassify so to speak a year earlier so he could get him into connecticut and you see why six foot nine you know he's built like a truck uh you put him on the block and he gets the ball he's putting two in the basket and he's done it against guys like ryan kalkbrenner joel soriano uh, Ed Croswell from Providence, 
So he doesn't. He just is so big that when he gets to his spot, more likely than not, Connecticut's going to have something good happen, and that's happened in this tournament. And I think even though Mensa from San Diego State is a very good down low defender. I, I don't think Mensa is going to be any better than the guys that Sonogo has faced in the Big East this year. So the key to San Diego State in containing Sonogo is keep the ball away from him. You know, and, and I know that means opening things up for guys like Jackson and Newton and Hawkins, but you, know, you sort of have to pick your poison sometimes. You know, maybe you find a night when Hawkins is off. Maybe the three-point shooting doesn't go their way. Maybe you can clog Jackson up a little bit just to make sure that Sonogo just doesn't beat you because he is the one variable which is consistent for Connecticut's offense. Kenny Ferrari, I bet you'd love to have Sonogo on your Providence Friars. Absolutely, but his best friend is, is Klingon. You know, it was interesting because I think, as you mentioned, the, the minutes logged, if he had to log the minutes that were necessary if he didn't have a backup or a, or a second act like Klingon, it, it might be different because he might have worn out quicker. So he's able to get a breather. I'll give Rossi credit again. He he brought up the fact that I know he's been good because they talked about him last, you know, this year early on, and, and he's exceeded every expectations. And then given Sonogo the breather that he needs, Klingon is coming in here averaging if he averaged 25 minutes, he's going to average 14 points, 10 rebounds, and four blocks. And he compared that, and again, I'll give Rossi credit. That's Anthony Davis numbers from when he was at Kentucky in the tournament. So you've got someone behind you who's had a great run. Has gotten better in every single game and gives you the rest, the, the rest, of, the rest that is necessary for you, and also bringing someone who's two or three inches taller than you as well. I agree, Kenny. From right, I think the difference in this game is Sonogo and Klingon. I really do think that. I think uh, I do think San Diego State can slow down the three-point shooting of UConn, but I don't know what they're going to do with those two giants down low who are both dominant big men. I don't know if San Diego State has the personnel to stop the two centers for uh, UConn. All right, we only got a little time left. A minute each. Uh, Closing arguments. Closing arguments. Uh, Kenny from Rye, we all three of us think UConn's going to win. Give your closing argument, and how many points will they win by? Kenny first. Yeah, I've got a little Big East bias here, and obviously I've watched them all year, so that makes a big difference from the standpoint of what I I know of them and what I know of SDSU. But looking at what they've done over the course of the, uh, the tournament itself and the latter part of the year, it's very difficult to bet against them. And so I, I, I like them, and I like them with the points. Again, I go to the point, and I'm kind of wishing this because I don't have a particular horse in the race, but if we look up at three or four minutes left and SDSU is hanging around, I think it may change things, not just on the points but on the outcome itself. So I like, I like Connecticut with the points ultimately, though. All right, Kenny. Patrick, I think UConn wins, but I think San Diego State covers. What about you, Patrick? Nope. I don't think uh, I don't think San Diego State's covering tonight. Okay, so you guys both think UConn's going to win by more than seven points. I get it. Patrick, Kenny, great job. Thank you all season for coming on the show uh, and helping me make the show great. All right, James. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Jim. All right, Patrick, Kenny, enjoy the game. Everybody, thanks so much for listening to Show to Share. We still have three more shows after tonight, so keep tuning in on Monday. But enjoy the game tonight. Have fun. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye, everybody.